Call with Bing Crosby and his distinguished guests for this Christmas Eve. Miss Faye Bader, star of the Metro-Golden-Mare picture, Journey from Margaret. Jack Carson of Warner Brothers Pictures. Andrew Toombs of Paramount Pictures. And, of course, Janet Blair, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the music maids in Hal, and the charioteers. This makes the seventh Christmas the Bing has sung at Esther Fidelis here in the old craft music hall in Latin and English. This seems like the most natural year for everybody to join in on the English chorus. Well, it might be nice if everyone at home joined us, too. Oh, we're counting on them. Adeste Fidelis, Lady Triumphantes, Venite. In Bethlehem, Natum Videte, Regem Angelorum, Venite Adoremus, Venite here in the hall, Faye Bainter, Janet Blair, Andrew Toombs, Jack Carson, Music Maids and Hal, the Charioteers, Ken, John Scott, everybody at home in the family key, once through in English, huh? All Everybody in the old craft music hall, short-waving the season's greetings to battle stations all over the world. And for said strong points, we have something new and extremely attractive. Columbia Pictures' new star of My Sister Eileen, and the forthcoming film Something to Shout About, Miss Janet Blair. Janet joins us KMHs uh, of this Christmas Eve. Joins us permanently. Everything copacetic for Christmas, Janet? Well, I don't know, Bing. I'm a little worried about tomorrow, though. Worried about Christmas? Why? Yeah, we asked Johnny Trotter to our house for dinner. <laughs> you are in a little trouble, but I got a TL for you, Janet. Johnny has got himself a diet. Yeah, but that's the trouble. He doesn't start on that diet until December the 26th. Until then, well, he's dreaming of a wide Christmas. A wide Christmas. <laughs> you know, I saw John Scott standing in a safety zone the other day, this afternoon, and an automobile practically knocked him down. Well, if he was in a safety zone... Why didn't they drive around him? Well, the fellow only had an A card. <laughs> hey, Janet, you've known Johnny a long time, haven't you? 
Well, I've known him longer than he's been here in the Kraft Music Hall. Oh, would you say he's changed much in the past few years? Oh, no. If I hadn't seen Johnny in years, I could spot him a mile away. Who couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I met him on the boulevard today, didn't I, John? You sure did. And you helped me decide what to send a little boy I know. How? I was undecided whether to send a certain little boy ice skates or roller skates. And Janet helped you decide? She sure did. She told me to send him one of each. <laughs> well, if he can handle himself on those, I can get him ten weeks at the Radio City Music Hall. He'll be all right. Are you all set for Christmas thing? Yep. I made the last of my resolutions just a little while ago. Resolutions? Mm-hmm. Well, you're supposed to make resolutions on New Year's Eve. Oh, not me. I got me a sister. I find it's kind of tough keeping you in resolutions from New Year's to Christmas. So I make mine on Christmas, and it's a cinch to keep them till New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how about you this evening, Janet? Oh, sorry, Ken, but I'm busy. Oh, well, that's too bad. No, no, I mean later. <laughs> Are you going to hang up your stockings so Santa can leave some toys? Oh, not this year, Ken. This year... The girls are going to hang up their toys, hoping Santa Claus will leave stockings. (laughs) And it's with this Christmas thought for the distaff side of our listening membership that Janet Blair turns to a little thing called, with disarming simplicity, steam is on the beam. you simmer down some, we turn to our friend Jack Carson, one of Warner Brothers' leading leading men and character comedians. Jack Carson is at present playing your local cinema, a very fine story of the prize ring called Gentleman Jim. 
Certainly glad you dropped into the old-fashioned crap music hall this evening. Jack, did you get caught in any last-minute shopping riots? Did you get any on you? Any... Oh, I got out with just a few minor bruises. My insurance broker's taking care of everything, including the lady who claimed I crumpled her bumper. <laughs> you know, Bing, I, I can sympathize with those store clerks during the holiday rush. I, I worked in a department store one Christmas vacation when I went to school. Were you any good at it? School? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was the best salesman at Flugel's department store. I was about the hottest thing in that place. Matter of fact, I was so hot they called me Arson Carson. <laughs> well, you know, they're soft peddling the high-pressure stuff these days. Yeah. Stores don't have much to sell. I'll sell it even if I haven't got it. Carm, rent this boy a stall. Uh, coming right up. Announcing the opening of a novel shop designed especially for the sale of items that are unavailable and unobtainable. Presiding over this mammoth area of empty shelves is that new low in high-pressure salesman, Mr. Jack Carson, whose slogan is... No use coming in as we haven't got it, and we don't know when we're going to get it, and if we, and if we do get it, we won't be here to receive it, so why don't you put your dough in war bonds? Now, baby of mine. Baloo-hoo-hoo-hoos. <laughs> to uh, celebrate the opening of his new shop, Mr. Carson is holding a gigantic going-out-of-business sale. He hopes to follow this up with his annual end-of-the-month bankruptcy sale. Due to difficulty in finding elevator operators, proprietor Carson is piloting the lift in person. Going up. First floor, furniture, beds, and spreads. Second floor, glassware, plates, and skates. Third floor, clothing, hats, and spats. Fourth floor, hardware, pails, and nails. Basement, everybody out. Uh, Bud, can I get waited on? Yeah, sure. I hope you don't see anything you like. But if you do, I'm sure we won't have it. Well, I want to buy a Christmas card that says, Merry Christmas to the one and only girl I have ever loved. That we just happen to have. Here you are, sir. Merry Christmas to the one and only girl I have ever loved. Thanks. I'll take two dozen of them. (laughs) (laughs) Steadfast little fellow, aren't you? Yeah. Say, uh... Who's that old guy over there running up and down the stairs? Oh, that's that Santa Claus. He got his beard caught in the escalator. Uh, from a thing like that, a guy can get a headache. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do you do, Mr. Carson? Well, I didn't expect to see you in this department. Last time I was here, you were in women's lingerie. Yeah. I look so silly, though. <laughs> <laughs> I moved over to w- woolen underwear. <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> it tickles. <laughs> Mr. Carson, I wonder if you could suggest a small gift for a small boy. A small boy, eh? Mm-hmm. Say, uh, do you know those tin soldiers in the toy department? Why, yes. That's funny. They don't know you. <laughs> oh, is that so? Oh, boy, thing. I'll write Washington about this. In fact, I think I'll write Adams and Jefferson, too. You write to Washington and Jefferson, I'll deliver the letter myself. To Washington and Jefferson? Sure, I live on that corner. <laughs> Hiya, Mr. Carson. I'm Speed Crovenay. (laughs) Well, Speed, what isn't on your mind? Well, I can't think of what I'm not thinking of. Well, forget it. What what don't you want? How about that overcoat over there on that dummy? That's no dummy. That's my brother. I know just how you feel. I got four of them. (laughs) What's this, uh, what's this, uh, funny-looking gadget here? That's, That's a combination toothbrush and pliers. What do you do with a thing like that? If you're too lazy to brush your teeth, pull them out. <laughs> well, in that case, I'll take a ten-cent package of soap flakes, and I brought my birth certificate. You don't need a birth certificate to buy soap. Oh, so that's the one thing you don't need it for. <laughs> hmm? 
Look, th- this particular soap is great for washing your sh- silk shirts. Don't have any silk shirts. What? No silk shirts? Uh-huh. What do you do those long winter evenings when everybody else is rinsing out their fluffy things in lukewarm suds? <laughs> I get so lonesome. <laughs> Don't ever let it be said that I'm not the kind of a guy to take the shirt off his back. Here, take my shirt. Eight bucks. A beautiful shirt and no strings attached. No strings? How am I going to hold my socks up? Roll them down over your shoes and make out like they're spats. You want me to come formal, huh? <laughs> now, look. Here's what you do. What I do? <laughs> you take this silk shirt and you put it in the washing machine. Oh, Ain't got no washing machine. Oh, wise guy, huh? No washing machine. Everybody's got a washing machine today, and you're going to stand there and tell me you haven't got a washing machine? Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, in that case, I'll buy one. You got a priority? No, ma'am. Oh, wise guy, eh? Trying to buy a washing machine without a priority, huh? Trying to get me in trouble. You look like the criminal type of those fancy sideburns and that jute mill balmacan. <laughs> Well, gee, all I wanted to get was some soap flakes to wash my priority. Yeah. Well, okay. How many, uh, how many soap flakes would you want if I had them? Will it be all right if I take two boxes? A wise guy, eh? Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Try to hoard soap flakes. I'll report you. Let me tell you something, bud. It's a good thing you came to my store. Anybody else would have reported you. Well, I didn't mean no harm. Honest, I didn't. But I ain't leaving this store till I get something you've got. Yeah? You know what I do to people who want what I've got when I ain't going to give them what i got? What you do? I beat them to a pulp. Huh? I break their necks. Holy put my fingers in their eyes. Smash them. I practically annihilate them. What happens to them? I lose more customers that way. <laughs> for that shrinking salesman, Jack Carson. We travel now out to the old Red River Valley. Mighty pretty country out there, partner. Mighty pretty. Especially the way them charioteers handle it. Yes, yes. I should never have taken to rowing. I should never have left all my friends. Cause I dream of the Red River Valley. And a home where the Great River bends. When it's lonesome and blue on the prairie. My heart fills with endless regret. I'll return, return, one 
treatment, men. The charioteers return here along with additional arrangements. While you're waiting, cut in on this character, hmm? Christmas Eve 1942 is one that we'll all carry in our hearts for many a year. Let us say Christmas spirit, Christmas kindness as usual. Let us know that this night, as of other years, is the celebration of hope and joy and goodwill for the whole world. Let's make that so in each of our homes. For no matter what the world may be like, this is the night when the sugar plum fairies dance in the dreams of the little folks. This is the night when Dunder and Blitzen ride the winds jingling silvery bells. You ready for them at your house? Packages all wrapped and tied, the war bond envelopes, and the little packages hanging on the tree, bigger packages piled around. Well, there's one little package we hope you didn't forget because it's a real holiday help to Mother. We hope it's out in the refrigerator right now. Package of creamy white, delicately fresh Philadelphia brand cream cheese. It'll be wonderful with the pancakes or waffles or toast for Christmas morning. As long as you're not in love with anyone else. Why don't you fall in love with me? You're driving me crazy, baby. Right again. Will you tell me no or will you tell me yes? You gotta go overboard for someone someday. Believe it or not, it's bound to be. As long as you're not in love with anyone else. Why don't you fall in love with me? You're driving me crazy, baby. Trying to get. Will you tell me no or will you tell me? You got to go overboard for someone someday. Believe it or not, it's bound to be. Don't laugh, that stuff might come back someday. As long as you're not in love with anyone else, why don't you fall in love with me? Oh, baby, why don't you fall in love with me? On this Christmas Eve, 1942, the Kraft Music Hall's remembrance to our listeners is our very dear friend, Faye Bainter. To many of you, as well as to us, it wouldn't be Christmas without Faye. For it's at this time each year that Faye Bainter, reading a few words tossed off perhaps in haste by an editorial writer 46 years ago, puts our Christmas thoughts back on the beam. Last Christmas, to a nation boastful and bragging in the face of defeat, the words Francis P. Church wrote for the New York Evening Sun in 1896 seem cleansing and refreshing. This year, with victory dimly, very dimly on the horizon, a sober nation that is now beginning to understand what war really means also realizes that it must keep its faith. And I think Francis Church's letter to Virginia will help do just that. Don't you, Faye? Yes, Bing. More than anything pompous, more than anything martial. I think we parents know that in keeping our children's faith in things as they truly are, not things as war distorts them, we will be protecting them against the hard days, the very hard times of growing up in a war-warped world. Yeah, I guess we had better concentrate on giving our youngsters what's in our hearts rather than what's on our front pages. Hmm? Exactly, Bing. The thing that's going to keep us happy and healthy and alive spiritually until the end of time is what we believe in. 
Belief in faith is what we must never lose. The kind of belief in faith that Francis P. Church expressed so beautifully in his answer to a little girl who wrote to the New York Evening Sun saying, Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there's no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia O'Hanlon. And this is Mr. Church's answer. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They've been affected by a skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible to their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children or little, in this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant in his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist, and you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus. You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus. But even if you didn't see him coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus. But that's no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not. But that's not proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in the world. You tear apart a baby's rattle to see what makes the noise inside. But there's a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest men, not even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Oh, Virginia, in all this world, there's nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus. Thank God he lives and lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. That was beautiful. Thank you, Miss Boehner. That was beautiful. I'm sure you've given us a fine Christmas remembrance, and one to all of those who have written us asking for another chance to hear you read Francis P. Church's fine editorial. And here, friend, in the spirit of that editorial, are the charioteers. 
Thank you, men. That was really fine. Here now is a Christmas message from our friends in Chicago. Every year at this time, we of the Music Hall direct a special greeting to the Kraft family of employees across the continent. But tonight, we aren't thinking in terms of just a business organization. We think of a big job that many, many thousands of men and women are doing together. The job of supplying vital protective dairy foods to the boys who are fighting around the globe, to our allies who are fighting at their side, and to the workers at home who are making the material of victory. We think of the farmer who, short of help, works long, long hours, seven days a week, to keep his dairy herd producing for Uncle Sam. We think of the cheesemaker in the Crossroads factory, working faithfully to make every pound of milk he receives into fine, nutritious, high-quality cheese for America. And we think of the retailers to whom you look for foods to keep your family strong, how hard they're trying to keep on their shelves the things you need. These days, everyone who works to supply and distribute the vital dairy foods is in his country's service. And housewives who use these foods wisely and without waste are doing a helpful thing, too. Last Christmas Eve, many wondered what the job ahead would be. Tonight, we know. All Americans who produce foods and share foods can hold this a memorable Christmas Eve. A Christmas Eve of good faith and good cheer. shopping to do. How'll I get it done? Why, that's a cinch, Carp. You get everybody on your list war bonds or stamps. Well, you can buy them almost anywhere, and they make a gift your friends will remember and our enemies can't forget. Well, say, thanks, Dr. Crosby. That's swell. Now I'm all set. The Christmas bells can ring anytime they're ready. Well, I imagine they're ready now. Let's listen. Yes. Craft Music Hall carries on with Faye Bainter, Andrew Toombs, Jack Carson, Ken Carpenter, John Scott Fuller and his orchestra, the music maids of Hal, the charioteers, and as of now, Miss Janet Blair and friends. You'd be so nice to come home to. You'd be so nice by the fire. While the breeze on high Sang a lullaby, you'd be all that I could desire. Under stars by the winter, under an August moon burning above, you'd be so. Oh, 
under an August moon burning above you'd be so Our amiable old friend Santa Claus is hopping ever which way, getting ready for his annual tour de force. Old St. Nick might be a little late coming down some of the chimneys over here because he's got plenty of new stops this semester. All the war posts, wherever his boys and girls are stationed, Santa's going to hit them all if he has to make it in two jumps. But we thought we might catch the old character before he hitched up Dancer Prancer and Fellow Deer and get some inside info on just what goes when Mr. and Mrs. Claus and all the subjunctive clauses... <laughs> Prepare for the takeoff. If we can melt some of the icicles off the wires, we're going to switch right up there to the North Pole, where Santa Claus's children are helping him to get started. Take it away, North Pole! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Jingle, 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 Spirit, children. <laughs> a little flat, but so is everyone else just before Christmas. <laughs> now for a little rest before I start my arduous journey. Santa Claus, will you stop dilly-dallying? It's getting late. My dear Mrs. Claus, my beloved wife, at a time like this. Yes, at a time like this. Do you realize it's almost midnight and you haven't started yet? Never missed a Christmas in my life and I won't miss this one. Mm, well, you'd better not. All those people waiting for you and you sitting smoking your pipe. For shame. Come now, children. Help your father get started. Yes, Father dear. Now, now get to work and pack your father's bag. I want it done before I get back. Santa Claus is our papa. Our mama done told us. <laughs> You want me to put some C-A-N-D-Y in the B-A-G? Shh! You know your mother doesn't want me to smoke. Father Claus, I did like you said and checked up on your team of reindeer. That's good, that's good. <laughs> Are all my reindeer in good order? Well, all except Blitzen. He's a little on the Fritzen. <laughs> Blitzen ate up his racing book and we had to scratch him. <laughs> well, you'd think an animal that size could scratch himself. <laughs> Hey, Pop, are you going to see Betty Grable again this year? Why, of course, son. I plan to spend quite a little... I, I mean, I I, uh, I always try to fill Betty's stockings. I like the way she fills them better. <laughs> smart boy, smart boy. I get around, don't I? Happy <laughs> Claus, are you all going to see Hedy Lamar, too? Why, certainly, Jonikins. Why, I... <laughs> I remember last year, I left a present for Hetty, and she kissed me. <laughs> Son, was my beard singed. Santa Claus, are you still here? My dear Mrs. Claus, haven't you known me long enough to call me by my saint nickname? Well, get a jingle, Kringle. Hurry up, and I do mean you. Millions of children are waiting, and here you are, dilly-dallying like an old fuss budget. Now, here's your sky map, 
And be sure not to leave anyone out. Don't tell me what to do, Mrs. Claus. I'll run this business. <laughs> this isn't my first trip. Mm, well, remember, all you do is deliver. It's us women who pick out the merchandise. Okay, okay. I'll see all the youngsters and stop at all the battle stations. I know what to do. And be careful in those chimneys. You always come home with a soot suit and a smeared beard. <laughs> well, I'll be careful, and on my way home, I'll stop at a hotel for a little rest. Where are you going to stop, Pop? Same place I always stay. I get a nice room there for a special rate. Two dollars for room and beer. Say, <laughs> Father Claus, isn't that something new this year, putting those sleigh bells on your fur cap? Yep, yep. <laughs> now I got furs that jingle, jangle, jingle. <laughs> Yes, but you always come back from those all-night trips with arctic circles under your eyes. That woman will never stop nagging. Come on now, boys. It's time to hitch up the reindeer. But first, you better take my bag out to the sleigh. Now, let's see. Where is it? Where's my bag? Oh, oh, oh there it is, over on the sofa. Hey, this is heavy. Come on, Harry. Help Toter. Oh, I can't budge her. What do you got in here, Pop? I'm in here, and you all let me down. <laughs> Every year, that Jonikin's priced a stowaway. Come on, Pop. I got the reindeer all set. Well, that's good. Goodbye. I, I mean, good boy. Good boy. Well, now, a uh, good boy, everybody. I mean, goodbye, everybody. Good boy, Mrs. Claus. Be a good boy. Be a good. Be a good wife till I return. <laughs> well, goodbye, Nick. Here's an extra set of flannel underwear to wear. Many things are frozen in the United States, you know. How do you know? Well, I heard it on a newscast by by Gabriel Refrigerator. That's his name. Well, they'll never freeze Santa Claus. They wouldn't do that. Why, they, they wouldn't dare. Why, if it weren't for all I stand for... Better hurry, Pop. The reindeer are getting restless. All right, all right. Don't rush me. Here I go. Giddy up. Giddy up, you reindeer. Aren't you going with the reindeer, Pop? <laughs> How many times have I told you, Harry, you're supposed to hitch the reindeer to the sleigh? Every year, new rules with the reindeer. <laughs> I'll get those deer back here. Go get them. Get them quick. Hurry up. I'll hitch him up good this time, Pop. There you are. That's fine. That's fine, son. Well, goodbye, all. Goodbye. Well, take off. He's passing the Big Dipper. There he goes by the Milky Way. What's that? Oh, a motorcycle cop is after Pop. He stopped him. Hey, you. What are you doing all dressed up in a red suit flying around the sky? Pull over to that clown. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Superman? <laughs> I'm Santa Claus. Oh, a wise guy. <laughs> Honest, I'm Santa Claus. Don't you see? I've got all these presents to deliver tonight. I'm going all over the world and stop wherever they'll let me land. And if I don't make it, it won't be Christmas. And when Christmas is lost, Never it'll be a... Never speeches. Why didn't you say who you were? Come on, I'll clear the way for you. Let's go. All right, come on. Clear. Come on. Prancer. Dancer. Donder. Cupid. Thomas. Merry Christmas, everybody.
Santa Claus I ever saw who looked exactly like Andrew Toombs. Some of them looked a little like Andrew Toombs, but this one looked enough like Toombs to be Toombs himself. Well, that's how it is. Going back a little way now, here's one that we've had a lot of requests for from a lot of men in a lot of places. Good morning, Mr. Zip, 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 with your haircut just as short as mine. Good morning, Mr. Zip, 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 you're sure looking fine. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, the shave tails don't get to the top kicks must. Good morning, Mr. Zip, 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 with your haircut just as short as, your haircut just as short as, your haircut just as short as mine. Everybody in here in the old Kraft Music Hall received a letter from our friend and advisor, J.L. Kraft. Now, it's not the usual sort of a Christmas letter from employer to employee. J.L.'s never are. It's certainly not front office stuff. It's the kind of a letter a man likes to read and reread. It starts to my friends, which means it's really as much to you Kraft Music Hall listeners as it is to us. So I asked Ken to read you his copy. To my friends, each weekday morning as I walk into the Chicago office... The first sight which greets my eyes is our great service flag, a flag whose stars are ever growing in number. More than 800 blue stars are there emblazoned against a white field in this December of 1942, and almost every morning there are a few more added to the luster of the flag. On Sunday mornings, when I go into my home church, I'm greeted by another service flag with more than 200 represented there. Walking along the city streets, wherever I go, I see more and more windows lighted with a glory that was never there before. As I see the service flags, which mean so much to us personally, I'm reminded that the meaning of each star is twofold. Each service flag in a window means not alone that there's a member absent from that family circle, but it's a symbol that the enduring light of home still shines for him and that it shall not be extinguished, that it is for his home and the multitude of homes which make up the United States of America that he fights around the globe today. 
This Christmas time, when we turn our thoughts and hearts to our boys so far away, and when their thoughts are warm and strong enough to reach around the earth and back to us, the light of this sacred birthday is a lamp unto our feet, bringing us all home in thought, in love, in faith, in rekindled devotion. The stars in our service flags take their light from a holy star, that one which led the wise men of old. May the abiding glory of Christmas time be upon you and upon yours wherever they may be. May it be our constant prayer that before another Christmas dawn shall break, the everlasting light may have overcome the darkness of the earth. Sincerely, J.L. Kraft. Thank you, J.L., for a thought that we'll try to keep with us and a hope that I know we all share. Here now is Janet Blair in a nice new melody with what is certainly a universal thought. They do William Shakespeare revival, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Hmm? A pox on these double features. <laughs> Have you perchance heard the new melody that's drifted across the channel from Switzerland? <laughs> oh, it hath a haunting quality. How goes the lyric? Ah, the words are yours for the writing. Well, quickly, my quill, my sand, and my parchment. 
time lurches on. 1776, the Declaration of Independence is signed and the United States is born as a nation. 1776, and in many a continental home on Christmas morning, thinking men can be heard to say... Well, it's been six months since they signed the Declaration of Independence. Yes, but I can't remember. Where did they sign it? Right at the bottom. <laughs> How is Washington doing? Tis looking better for us, Janet Lass. I have a direct from ye town crier that Washington hath crossed the Delaware this day and won a great victory at McConkie's Ferry. Tis well, but tis a pity they must fight on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me, pretty, what that tune, what words go with it? Ah, oh, tis a tune my mother brought with her from England. The words, my lord, are yours for the writing. Oh, hum softly, and I'll see what can be devised. Time staggers on. 1847, the first adhesive postage stamp comes into use in these United States, and druggists start praying for stamp vending machines. 1847, and in many an American home on Christmas Eve, may be heard... A good king Wenceslas slipped out on the field of Stephen, where the snow lay around in the boat and deep in Christmas even. Have you heard that new carol that Dinah Maria Muller Craig wrote the words to? How's it go? <laughs> oh, that one, oh, to be sure. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. for the lady of the house. You'll have some nuts and candied fruit left over from tomorrow's festivities? Well, Saturday or Sunday, for dinner dessert, serve those leftover treats with some crackers and a square of Philadelphia brand cream cheese. 
very seasonal delivery of Soy Trumpet John Scott. Before closing the old craft music hall, as we traditionally do, I'd like to remind you that Lionel Barrymore is doing Scrooge, as he does every Christmas on the Rudy Valley program, which follows immediately on many of these stations. Be sure and hear command performance tonight on another network at 8 p.m. Pacific Coast time. As for ourselves, we'll all be back New Year's Eve. That's a week from this evening. We being our usual group, plus Janet Blair, Johnny Mercer, Richard Hyden, and Betty Hutton. At the moment, I'd like to say to J.L. Kraft, the man behind the Kraft Music Hall, and to everyone who's ever been kind enough to listen to us, and to everyone who's ever been a guest in the old Kraft Music Hall, a Merry Christmas. In its own way, it is a Merry Christmas. The fact that we're still free to celebrate Christmas and that we're going to remain free should make it so. Don't you think so, Faye? I most certainly do, Big. And on behalf of everyone who's ever enjoyed Kraft Music Hall hospitality, I think I'm qualified to thank you and Ed before you sing Silent Night. But I think these words by Robert Louis Stevenson make a perfect preface to your song. The infinite shining heaven's rose and I saw in the night uncountable angel stars showering sorrow and light. I saw them distant as heaven, dumb and shining and dead. And the idle stars of the night were dearer to me than bread. Night after night in my sorrow, the stars stood over the sea. Till lo, I looked in the dust. And a star had come down to me. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon Christmas, everyone, from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.